Lord, they have called us so that we can have fellowship with you. Lord, and when we hear your voice, Lord, we want to respond to you. And truly, Lord, just draw us nearer and nearer to you. When we are in your presence, when we are in fellowship with you, there is nothing more precious. There is no one who loves us as much. So Lord, we just thank you, Lord, for such a loving Lord that you are. We just pray even the time that we spend now. That we can hear you speak. Dear Lord, just draw us closer to you. In your name we pray. Amen. We are grateful that once again we can have the opportunity to share, continuing on the theme on the burden of fellowship in Christ. And in the past few weeks, uh, both our brother Christian, our brother Dana, uh, and others Lord, have, have been sharing. So may the Lord continue to give us His burden, His, what He wants us to learn from this theme. 我们在过去几个礼拜里面有传递兄跟丁娜弟兄在交通这个在基督里面传递的这个题目我们基督在这里有提讲到这个题目。So in the matter of fellowship, there is that verse in First Corinthians one nine, which has been mentioned a number of times, which is God is faithful, by whom you have been called into the fellowship of His Son. 在哥林多前书第一章九节里面说主神是信实的我们被造是与他有交通。So God has not only intended that we just be saved, have eternal life。神呼召我们不单只是要我们在基督里面有生命。But beyond that, that we can have fellowship with His Son. So how how precious, what a wonderful purpose that the Lord has for us, His precious Son, so that we can have fellowship with Him. So, and our brother Dana has shared there are things which would affect our fellowship, namely uh, the corruption of our own sin, our flesh. 那什么会影响到我们的交通呢？就是罪，还有我们肉体的败坏。So he mentioned about the leaven, you know, in the Old Testament.所以我们弟兄提到，在圣经里有提到教。And also our Christian has shared about a fellowship, how we can have together the Lord's table.那我们的呃陈弟兄也跟我们说，我们怎么能在饼杯里面有交通。um, maybe we can just take a, a couple of steps back and then see what is the meaning of the word fellowship in the original Greek. Maybe we can read one verse, and that's uh, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14. It says, Since therefore the children partake of the blood and flesh, he also in like manner took part in the same, that through that he might annul those who, uh, him who has the might of death, that is the devil. So this verse actually speaks of, he is the, our Lord Jesus Christ. So since the children, that means all of us, partake of blood and flesh, Christ, in like manner, took part of the same, that through that Christ might annul him who has the might of death, that is the devil. This is Hebrews 2.14. So actually in this verse there are two uh, words for uh, partaking. 
One is the first one is partake is is koinoneo. 那这边就提到说 two fourteen two fourteen right since the children partake of the blood and flesh. 哦，这边写到这边讲到说同有就是就是等于就呃就是呃参与的意思。So that is the word koinoneo、uh, in in Greek, and that word is the same word that we use for fellowship. 希腊原文这一句话就是 koinonia， 就是跟交通的字一样。It means sharing of a common nature, so we can share because we have the same nature. 这就说到同享这个同一个这个呃这个呃性情。And again, because we have we share of the blood and flesh. 所以这是说到我们能够也同享这个饼和杯。That's our common lot. That's our nature. 这就是我们所呃同呃拥有的一件事。But there's a second word in this same verse. It says he, this is Jesus Christ, in like manner took part with the same, that's the flesh and blood, that he might annul death. This second word uh took part is different in Greek. It's meteko. 那在这边有第二句话就也是呃这边也是说到好像分享一样，可是是 meteko 这个字。So what's the difference between the two? 这两句什么不一样呢 ？So in in Greek,、uh, in the Bible,、uh, God has really made everything very specific and very,、uh, very, you know, whatever needs to be specified and differentiated, He does so. 所以呃呃，这也说到说呃。The differentiation is that、uh, the second word means taking part from outside, is exterior, is not same from the same nature. Oh, this mateko, this is not saying that you are like you have this kind of life. So you understand, we have the same nature、uh, as you know, blood and flesh, being man.、Uh, we ha- we have the kunonio, kunonia, kunonio is a noun, kunonia is a verb. For、um, of blood and flesh. So this koinonia 就提到说我们是怎么样呃同分享同一个像同一个生命啊。But Jesus, he actually, our Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, naturally he he did not have the same koinonia of flesh and blood. So his nature was different in original. He was not by common lot like us. 所以他，我们的主跟我们是不一样的，所以这边用的字是另外一个字。So he took from outside, he became a man. Jesus Christ is the Son of God who became a man. So in becoming a man, he took part from the outside, external way in order to be like us. 所以我们的主他是道成了肉身，所以他呃，好像似乎是从外面呃，然后能进入这个交通里。So inside, there's something that is different from us. So that's why it was not truly a communion of flesh and blood of our Jesus with us. So our Lord, He has a life that is different from us. So, uh, so, uh, so, 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 所以用的字也是不一样。So there's a very important to know the difference between what's true from within and what is just outside. 所以我们要知道说什么是从里面的，什么是从外面的。So in this matter of fellowship, even in our midst,、uh, when our brother Christian shared from First Corinthians 10:16-17, those two words are used as well. 所以在哥林多前书十章，我们陈弟兄用的经节也有提到这两个字。If we read that verse and then we can try to differentiate. 我们如果读那一段话的话，我们来分辨的话。It says the cup of blessing which we bless is it not a communion of the blood of Christ? This communion is koinonia. 他说我们所呃喝的杯呃不是不是领用他的血吗？这个这个领用就是参与就是这个 koinonia 这个字。The breath which we break is it not the communion of the body of Christ? Again, this is koinonia. 我们播的饼不是分享与他的身体吗
Because we being many are one loaf, one body, for we all partake of that one loaf. That word partake is meteko. So, so we see that in our sharing, in our having a communion of the blood and of the bread, it's koinonia. So when we come and then we're sharing this bread and the cup, it's because we have something which we share in common, which is the life of Christ. Because we have the life of Christ, because it's true that we do have His life, then we all partake of that one loaf, one body. And that speaks of the Lord's table. And then our Lord, uh, our brother shared, we have a part in it. You and I will have a part together here, sitting. This is something from outside. So what is outside corresponds to what is inside. And that's exactly why those who are not saved do not have the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. We're asking you not to take the bread and the cup. Because you, in doing so, you bring sin and judgment upon yourself. So we don't approach this casually, say, oh, this is just a ritual. Maybe if for many it is, but when we really consider the Word of God, we have to be true and we have to be uh, make sure that what is we're doing outside is something is true within. So the point here is that what is internal and what is external. And we have to be sure that both are there. You know, some people among Christians, they spiritualize the Lord's table so much that they think they don't even need to have the Lord's table in an outward way anymore. So, um, the thing is that some people are so spiritual, they think that they have the life of the Lord, they do not need to have the outward expression, do not need to have the Lord's table outwardly anymore. So, so as a result, before you know it, even the inward reality is not there. So, uh, and that's sadly what happened in church history. We've been learning through this past weeks and months of our Christians been sharing about the Quakers and some others. They certainly love the Lord and have such a spiritual reality in them. But they became so spiritual thought they do not need to have these outward things. And before they they even even have the outward form to as a way to remind to know whether it's true within. So so you get to see that we're here for the Lord's table because we have the reality of Him being our Lord and Savior. You begin to see something which corresponds from within 
to be true that be expressed outwardly. So we also in this matter of fellowship, there is something which really has become a burden uh, over the past months. And the burden that I have is a matter of spiritual reality. But beyond that is a responsibility. So the responsibility is something which made the Lord really impress us. I was thinking about examples. Uh, in the Old Testament, we can start from Adam. We know that Adam was created uh, in man, in, in God's image, in his own likeness. And we know that from the very beginning, God intended that Adam should have dominion, rule over the creation for God. That was his responsibility, that was his job. But on the other hand, God also wanted to have fellowship with him. And it's so wonderful that God even wanted Adam not to be alone so that he can enjoy, he can have fellowship. So he created Eve out of Adam so that he would not Adam would not be alone. And then so we know that Adam and Eve were very happy together. Sadly, however, you know, we know that Eve fell into temptation and so Adam and they ate of the forbidden fruit. And what was the consequence of that? They could no longer have fellowship with God. So from the very beginning, you see that fellowship and responsibility go hand in hand. And not only now Adam could not have fellowship with God, he could not even have dominion over the creation as God intended. So, uh, Brother T. Austin Sparks pointed out something which is so meaningful about fellowship. He said that fellowship is companionship. We know we spiritualize and then just make everything so religious. But God created man for no other reason so that he, God, and man could be companions. And he loved uh, man so much, Adam, that he doesn't want him to be alone, so he created another companion for him, Eve. So now you begin to see the meaning of Fellowship. And Sparks again pointed out that one of the saddest things that ever said by our Lord Jesus. It was you don't need to turn in John 16 32. And that was in the Last Supper. The Lord told the disciples that you shall leave me alone. Uh, yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. And so Jesus knew that the disciples will be scattered and they're going to leave our Lord Jesus alone. But in the midst of all of that, 
although he has such close fellowship and loved the father so much, he also shows how much he treasure, how much he value his fellowship with the disciples. So it was really sad of our Lord that he knew that he couldn't count, he couldn't have continued the fellowship with his disciples. So he have some other examples. So we have Caleb and Abraham. We know that uh, Joshua and Caleb were the only two who were allowed to go into the promised land. Because when they, uh, the spies went into Canaan the first time, they were really frightened off when they saw these giants and they saw the enemies. Only those two men had the faith that God was going to be able to lead them and conquer them. But we know that after 40 years, that uh, when they were able to enter the two of them, that uh, Caleb wanted to fight for uh, God. And then he did ask for one place of all for his inheritance. And that was Hebron. Um, although Caleb was part of the, uh, the tribe of Judah, he knew where the Judah's uh, inheritance should be as a tribe. And yet, there was only one place where he set his heart, his focus. So, and that was Hebron. But in the midst of trying to get Hebron, he gave a testimony. He says, I wholly follow Jehovah my God. And then that's in Joshua 14, verses 7 through 15. I just point out a few things about his own uh, testimony as he talks about uh, his life and then Hebron. So, and then he also quotes Moses as telling, uh, uh, saying, Surely the land whereon thy foot has trodden shall be an inheritance to thee and to thy children forever, because thou hast wholly followed Jehovah, my God. So this is verse 9. So, um, and then in verse 14, it's because he wholly followed the Lord. Then Hebron became the inheritance of, of, of Caleb. And then he fought against the giant, which uh, the Anakim, who possessed that place. And then the land rested from, from the war. So what does this, this picture, what does this speak about? This shows that from the very beginning, Caleb, when he first saw and he spied the land, he saw the giants, the ones that scared the whole nation and everybody wanted to not go in because of that. He made a point that when they were going to enter in, that these are the people and this there is a place that the enemy of God had to be dispossessed, he had to conquer it. And then the Anakim, those are the, the giants. 
And there's something else which is also interesting, which links Caleb and Abraham. In Genesis 13, verses 14 to 18, you can read on your own. And this is when our Lord appeared to Abraham and promised him. And it says here that lift your eyes and look unto the place where you are, north, south, east, and west. And then wherever you see, I will give to you and to your seed. And we know that God promised his seed will be like the dust of the earth. But again, God said, Arise, walk through the land in the length of it and the breadth of it. For unto thee I will give it to thee. And then Abraham moved his tent and came and dwelt by the oaks of Mary, which is in Hebron, and built there an altar unto Jehovah. And so what happened was that God appeared to Abraham in Death's place. Gave him the promise. Told him that he is, is to walk through the land so that he can uh, possess it. And then Moses moved his tent and dwelt in Hebron. Uh, what was significant about this whole incident? First of all, it's in Hebron. Second, you see similarities between what Moses said and also what uh, Caleb said. So they were to walk through the land, they were going to set their feet on the land so that they can possess it. And it also happens to be Hebron. So you see from way back from Abraham through uh, uh, up to uh, entering to the land, it's Hebron. And we know that Hebron was not only where Abraham settled later, uh, uh, Sarah died, she was buried there, he bought a cave there. His son Isaac and then later Jacob all lived there and they're all buried there. So it's Hebron. So we keep Hebron in mind. Then what does Hebron mean? In the original word, the root is Heber, Z-H-E-B-E-R. It means to have fellowship with, to join with. So you see, the whole point of Entering to the land of Canaan, the whole point of God possessing a people, so that they could be at rest, and have fellowship with God. So you see that God has something so precious in His heart. All the way along, he still long, he still wanted to have fellowship with man. And to a few, he showed his heart, and then they were faithful, they obeyed. And how about David? We know that David was fleeing from Saul. 
even though David was already anointed to be the king to take over. Where did God ask David to hide from Saul? Hebron, of course. And then where was David first crowned king? Hebron, of course. 不是高,他第一次登基做王是哪里,是西伯伦。He was king in Hebron for about seven years, seven and a half years. 他在西伯伦做王是七年半。And after those years, then the whole nation became under his rule. 所以在他这个西伯伦之后呢,整个以色列国才都属于大卫。It was only after that that it was later on that he moved to to Jerusalem. So that gives a beautiful picture of of our Lord Jesus Christ. That he was first king, he is the first king. He established as a king because of fellowship with man. That is the basis, the foundation of the Lord's rule. 他做王,做王的这个最重要的一个根基。And only when this fellowship is first established,当有交通之后,then he can become the complete king and have full authority.他就能够做王,他能够掌权。But in doing so, you see not only fellowship,当我们看到这一段话的 这一段话的时候,你不只是看到交通 So what does the picture of these different men tell us? 那这幅图画给我们看到什么? Spiritual responsibility 就是说到属灵的责任。In all of these situations, in addition to, along with fellowship, there was responsibility 所以你看见除了交通之外,还是有责任的。And so there's two sides, not just to enjoy God, to have communion with him. But out of that, no, we have to take responsibility to rule, to walk, to have dominion. So this matter of the spiritual responsibility became so so pressing uh, in, in these past months. And I'd like to paraphrase a few things which Brother Sparks again mentioned. And this is quoting says, You are responsible before the Lord for some measure of Christ in His people. So he said, You are responsible it is your business. Are you taking responsibility before the Lord as if you were the only one in the land to take responsibility? We know sadly that Adam failed in his responsibility. But each one of them, Abraham, Caleb, and David, when the Lord gave him a challenge, a responsibility to fulfill, they responded so that God's purpose and His people was able to then come into being. So our brother Spark says it starts in our individual lives, in our families, in our homes. And he says, this is quoting, breakdown in family life is because of confusion in the lives of the Lord's people individually. Somewhere responsibility is not taken where it ought to be taken. 
Stop blaming others and finding causes to explain the problem. Face, face the issues, take responsibility to solve them. So you I couldn't help but think about Adam and Eve. We know that after Adam and Eve failed when they took of the forbidden fruit, when God was asking talking with Adam, what did he say? It's not my fault. It's Eve's fault. And what did Eve say? It's my fault. It's Satan's fault. You see, when we have fellowship with God, it is not about finding reasons, finding justifications. It's the willingness to take assume the responsibility. So that these situations are rectified. So God is able to have his place. Establish his lordship. And that's all part of our responsibility so we can have fellowship. And our brother Sparks asked this question. Are we taking responsibility in relation to all the light we have? The Lord must have a people of spiritual wisdom and revelation who will take responsibility in this day. It's a response to understand the way of the Lord. To judge for Him. And interpret God's will for His people. Doesn't that explain the life of Abraham? Caleb, and David, and then how everything fits together, what the Lord could do, and use them in relation to his people. And then the other thing that came to me was, in the life of Caleb, there are three things that are said. One was to follow God fully. So again, this is related to spiritual responsibility. But it's it's something more than that. It is having that kind of relationship with God so that when they're called upon to have their own lives at stake and risking what what was uh what was good for themselves, what was was important for themselves. They were willing to risk and lose it all and face even death. And we know that Caleb, he was willing to fight no matter how uh, ominous, how terrible uh, the, the enemy was. But then, what, what made him do it? Somehow, he knew that Hebron spoke so much. Because the fellowship with God was so precious. He was willing to even lose his life along the way if needed. Another thing was mentioned about uh, uh, Caleb. Is that he had a different spirit. And what does different spirit mean? It means that, again, when we are before the Lord, when we are fellowshipping with Him, our true condition is being exposed. And we will be willing to let the Lord deal with us 
so that we would not remain the same. It is only natural to have self-preservation. To have self-interest or ambitions. So these at the end were the true enemies that our uh, that Caleb had to face with. So beyond fighting, beyond following the Lord fully, he let himself be dealt with. Isn't that embracing the cross, letting the cross of Christ put us to death completely? So that we can have a different spirit. And it's very interesting to see that uh, Caleb, even though he was able to get uh, possess uh, Hebron, that mountain and the surrounding area, when he realized that he needed help to conquer another place nearby called uh, Debir, he offered his only daughter as a reward to whoever would defeat the enemies there so that that part of the land would be conquered as well. When I read that, I always have a little bit of a problem. How could you do that? It's your own daughter, and you're willing to give away your daughter just like that. It sounded at first very materialistic and very unloving. But if you really consider is that he loved the Lord in such a way that he was willing, he was trusting that whoever the Lord would bring as the husband for the daughter. That she would be happy and the Lord would bless. But he was placed the Lord first. But that's exactly what happened. So when Othniel, uh, his nephew, volunteered and fought Debir and conquered, then he gave uh, his daughter to Debir. And how we find their marriage? It must have been very happy. Because she got the, one, the lower springs, she won't have the upper springs too. So she also had the same spirit in her. You see that running from father to the daughter. So we see it's so beautiful that when you have fellowship with God, but coupled with spiritual responsibility, then God is able to accomplish much. And along the way, the fellowship can increase even more. So may the Lord just really speak to us. Because we are facing so many enemies around us. We always think it's other people. The problems. The circumstances. But actually the greatest enemy is our own self-preservation. And our limited, our small knowledge of the Lord. Uh, if you realize how much he loves us, how much he wants to have fellowship with us, he created us to have fellowship with him. Are we there to enjoy him? Can he enjoy us? Is this a driving force that can allow us to conquer even the enemies? 
to let go of everything so that this fellowship can only increase. I couldn't help but remember the last few days about Margaret Barber. She loved the Lord so much. But and yet there was spiritual responsibility. When she first went to China, it's a long story you already know what I'm repeating. 她其实这是一个很长的一个故事当她当初去中国的时候 She faced all kinds of misunderstandings 他们很许多人误会她 Her life, her honor became a wreck 她的就是她她她名誉都毁了 And then at one point she could even settle down and get married 就有一度她也没有办法嫁人 But for the Lord's sake she let everything go 他为了主的缘故，他就放弃了一切。She still went back to China。他虽然他回到中国，and in the midst of seeking the Lord，他在那边寻求主的时候，she felt just being with students。他就觉得这个与一些学生能够在一起的话，the Lord could still fulfill her spiritual responsibility。他能够尽他的属灵的责任。And we know the outcome。我们知道。it was to have watchman Nee as the one who should help the most. So I just like to close with one hymn. That as we sing these words, uh, 585, the Lord will speak to our hearts. That we can really treasure the fellowship with our Lord Himself and also take up our spiritual responsibility.
你知道你用手常常服务着我们，主啊，我们说但愿我们常在能够活在你自己的面前，活在你的话语里面，真的是能够流出你自己的生命来荣耀你的名。主，我们说我们一生一世定义跟随你，做你合用的器皿。主，我们说我们在这里，我们求你使用我们，命令我们，差遣我们，祷告奉主耶稣的名求。But you help us. So, Lord, we pray that may your life flow through us, that we may follow you and we may obey you. We pray this in Jesus' name. So, 教导我们，主啊，让我们真能够更往深处去，真能够在灵里深处与你有更密切的交通。主啊，借助交通，借助与你的连接，让我们更明白你自己的心意。主啊，也但愿我们真能够说，主啊，我们不单明白你自己的旨意，主你成了我们的意向，但主也让我们真能够忠心于你自己的托付，向你自己的旨意一步一步的往前。主啊，如果你明天我们必乐消解，但主，请你多给我们听。让我们的心能够属于你，也能够多让你得着我们。亲爱的主，我们感谢你，叫我们不要做一个浮浅外面的基督徒。主啊，让我们真能够学习，主啊，我们能够与你有亲密的交通。亲爱的主，我们感谢你。主，谢谢你的怜悯。但愿主，你在这个时代得着你自己合愿的器皿，做你自己圣洁的器皿。能够彰显你自己的生命，主啊，让我们不是以外面的工作来来彰显你的作为，但愿我们更能够完善处事。主啊，只有你的生命才是人的供应。主，我们感谢你。主啊，求主怜悯恩待。主啊，但愿你自己的教会今天在这个地上能够尽你自己的托付，彰显你自己的荣美。主，我们感谢你，我们赞美你，在我们脚踏之地。也能够成为祝福之约。主，你听我们的祷告，是靠主耶稣的名求。Pray, Lord, dear Lord, we want to thank you. Thank you for your mercy and thank you for your love. Teach us, Lord, to go deeper into fellowship with you, that we may really know your heart, that we may really follow your vision, so that we may pursue your will. Lord, you know that though we are weak, and yet you fill us, so that our hearts may belong to you. Help us, Lord, not to be our Christians only, but we can have deeper and deeper fellowship with you, day after day. May you even obtain in us holy vessels for you, Lord. Not only do we,、uh, not not only through outward works, but truly it is through your life in us that we can work for you. So we pray that, Lord, you may your beauty and your fragrance and your glory may even be displayed through us on this earth. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.